Welcome to Now I See, a place where people share their eye-opening moments and how it changed the way they see themselves, their world, and their place in it. We hope you'll be encouraged and inspired by the stories you hear and challenged to see things in a whole new way, too. Sit back and enjoy this show that we've prepared especially with you in mind. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. When does the Christmas tree come down at your house? For me, the process begins on New Year's Day. Down come the ornaments, the strings of tinsel and lights, the tree itself. All the trees. All the lights, all the ornaments, inside and out. The tree skirt and matching pillows, the plushy Santa and reindeer, and the Christmas afghan all get folded and stuffed into their zippered storage case. The red velvet ribboned snow-frosted wreaths on the doors come down, as do a number of the snowmen figurines and the Christmas sweaters. But not fast enough when it's 78 degrees outside on this unusually warm January day. The elf on the shelf goes into hiding, and the nutcrackers are dispatched to make sure the elf doesn't cause any mischief until December rolls around again. The glittering table toppers and centerpieces, the Christmas plates, napkins, coasters, glasses, and mugs all get wrapped in tissue and bubble wrap and are shoved deep into lower cabinets. The Christmas jigsaw puzzle goes back in the box, and the box goes on a shelf in the game closet. The Christmas magnets come off the fridge, and all the leftovers from Christmas and New Year's in the fridge are properly dispatched. I'm looking at you, Christmas fudge. I bid farewell to each member of the many nativity scenes throughout the house, grateful for the role each plays in the Christmas story, which only grows sweeter with each retelling. It is my goal to get all the Christmas decorations down in one day. Why? Because I'm tired of them? No, indeed. I miss them already. I miss the spots of bright red and green in our otherwise neutral decorating palette. I miss the sparkling lights that line to the neighbors' rooftops, shrubs, and driveways, and the little white lights in our house that popped on with the timers when the sun went down. The house is too dark on these long winter nights. Why, then? Because their season is over. Like all seasons, the holiday season comes with great anticipation. It lives out its glorious days in bright, sparkling color, in ads that start before Halloween, in cards that arrive at Thanksgiving, in parties and gift exchanges, concerts and church services, plates of sugar-sprinkled goodness carried on the arms of friends and neighbors, in carols on the radio and in every shopping aisle, in the appearance of mall Santas and bell ringers by red kettles, on tables heavy laden with traditional recipes, in vacation days, advent calendars, in glittering gift wrap and stockings hung by the chimney with care, in childlike wonder. And then it passes. And then, in due time, it returns. I remind myself that I'm not saying goodbye to Christmas forever, just goodbye for now. Saying goodbye can be hard work. Sometimes it involves pressing others into reluctant service, carrying heavy cartons to the basement, garage, or attic. Sometimes it is a slow, tedious process of taking each thing in hand, sorting it out, finding the best way to wrap it and put it away. I'm not just talking about Christmas decorations anymore. I'm talking about seasons of life. There is something very soul-satisfying to me to finish something, 
and to start something new. It's something about which I can be very intentional. Practically speaking, I examine the strands of lights and see if there are bulbs burnt out, and then I decide if the bulbs can be replaced or if the strand no longer serves me well and needs to be discarded. I examine the recipe cards in my file, especially the ones we only use at Christmas, and I consider if our dietary needs or tastes have changed and decide whether or not we'll be making those dishes again. I review my Christmas card list and gift list and look to see who needs to stay on it and who prefers to keep in touch through email, texts, or socials. I clean out my closet and try to uh, put on clothes that I haven't worn since the end of winter last year. I examine each piece to see if it still fits, if it looks good and is in good repair, and if it works well with the other pieces I like to wear. I look at books and knickknacks on my shelves and decide if they're worth keeping, and quite frankly still worth dusting, or if they need to be passed on to others who might enjoy them more. I look at the gifts I received, and in order to make room for them in my life, I might need to let some old things go. I try to do this with my thought life as well. I typically set aside a few days at the turn of the year to ask myself, what is working in my life? What things bring me joy? What things bring me sorrow? What things were challenging for me? What did I learn in those challenges about myself, about my world, and about my place in it? Did I make time for the people that are important to me? And how can I do that better? Did I make new friends? Did I try new things? Did I go to new places? Did I start a new hobby or project? Did I finish what I started? What things stood out to me this year? What songs, what books, what experiences? What political, cultural, or ideological things impacted me? What impacted me spiritually? What surprised me? What was the best part of each day? And how can I do more of that? When did I feel the most energized and productive? And how can I harness that? When did I feel the most frustrated and drained? And how can I minimize that? What impacted me the most this year? And what impact did I make? Most of my thoughts about these things end up in my journals. And a lot of these things end up in our family's annual Christmas newsletter. And if they're good things, they end up in colored ink on the empty squares of the New Year's calendar. Author Annie Dillard said, How we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. So it's important for me to give as honest an account as I can about how I spend the time that has been allotted to me. I want to make the most of every moment and live a life that matters. After I've given careful consideration to what happened in the past year, I can begin to think about what I'd like to see happen in the coming year, season by season. I'm going to look at what's been working for me, and I'm going to keep on doing that. For example... I have great conversations with interesting people every week as I create episodes for the Now I See podcast. Being around you and other people who are making an impact in their communities inspires and energizes me. I'm going to keep doing that. I try to read 20 minutes each day. The Kindle app tracks my progress. And as of today, I've read 56 weeks in a row. 65 titles in 2022. More if you add in the dozen paper-bound books I read and audiobooks I listened to. 
I'm going to keep doing that. I listen to dozens of other podcasts in double time to make sure I can get them all in. And I hear voices that help shape my thinking on a variety of subjects from spirituality, aging, mental health and well-being, politics and culture, and things that just make me laugh out loud. I'm going to keep doing that. I love learning, worshiping, and serving at my church each week. Being part of a spiritual family is important to me. No matter how much I love attending church online, I'm going to keep going to church each Sunday. As part of our community's spiritual practice, we fast and pray one day each month. Not only does it make me feel closer to the others who are sharing in the quote-unquote suffering, it heightens my spiritual senses and deepens my prayer life, especially for those in the persecuted church who really are suffering through imprisonment, torture, or simply just being in a community that's hostile to their faith. It also reminds me that I can find comfort and satisfaction apart from food, and that I do have the willpower to say no to things my body craves. It's very empowering. I'm going to keep doing that. And maybe as a result of fasting, I'm starting this year lighter than I was this time last year. Yay me! I'm going to continue adjusting my diet, getting the recommended amount of sleep and exercises, and keep my regular checkups. I finished a gratitude journal where I wrote down at least three things I was grateful for each day. I started it on Thanksgiving Day 2021, and I didn't skip a single day throughout 2022. Gratitude grew in my heart by leaps and bounds. I woke up each day with the expectation that the day would yield at least three things that would surprise me, bring me joy, delight my senses, cause me to wonder, or something to treasure in my heart. I'm going to keep doing that. I just finished my fourth illustrated spiritual journal, and I'm staring at the blank white pages of my fifth with eager anticipation of the journey I will take with God this year. Each day in December, during this most recent Advent, I did a prayerful meditation using the music of Handel's Messiah as my guide. Each aria, chorus, and recitative focuses on different verses from the biblical poets, prophets, preachers, and praise leaders. At one verse each day, I'm only halfway through, with a hallelujah chorus coming up in just two weeks. I'm so excited! So, I'm going to keep doing that. I have standing monthly get-togethers with people who are important to me. One group of girls meets for breakfast on the second Saturday each month. We've been friends for almost 40 years. Another group of women meets for birthday lunches, and we've been doing that for about 20 years. We've been through good times and bad, sickness and health, birthdays, anniversaries, showers, weddings, divorces, funerals, Bible studies, retreats, vacation, caregiving for pets, parents, children, and grandbabies. We've celebrated new houses, new jobs, and now retirement. I can't imagine who I would be apart from these women who love me, pray for me, encourage me, inspire me, and call me out when I get out of line. Meeting with people who energize and enrich me has become increasingly important to me, especially since the lockdowns. As much as I love my dear lifelong friends, I made opportunities to make new friends this year, and we have already had coffee dates set up with them in the coming months. Can anyone have too many friends? 
I think not. And I'm definitely going to keep doing that. I like to spend time outdoors, enjoying the colors of the morning sky as the world wakes up each day. I like laughing at birds and squirrels and feeding the three feral cats that come begging for food every morning. I like working in my gardens, dancing in the rain, chasing swirling leaves, and trying to catch snowflakes on my tongue. I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep cooking fresh homemade meals every day for myself and the people I love. I'm going to keep making handmade cards and sending them out by the dozens each week. I'm going to celebrate innovation and entrepreneurial risk by patronizing new restaurants and shops in my neighborhood. I'm going to take trips to places I never have been to before. I'm going to find something funny to laugh about, even if, and maybe especially if, that something funny is me. It's good to be able to laugh at yourself, and I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep saying yes to as many people and things as I can without losing myself or saying no to the people and things that are important to me. Doing that this year stretched me in ways I can't begin to describe and pushed me out of my comfort zone. Last year, I said yes to a last-minute trip to Las Vegas and a week-long trip to the Florida Keys, two places I had never been to before but always wanted to see. Saying yes to the girlfriends who invited me cemented our friendships in many wonderful ways and created memories we will treasure forever. Saying yes allowed me to show hospitality to strangers, friends of friends actually, who were stranded at the airport. In so doing, we became friends and I received invitations to visit them in places I would never have considered going, like North Dakota, Senegal, and Colombia. Saying yes resulted in appointments to sit on boards and use my knowledge and experience to direct organizations and impact lives I might never have touched. Saying yes let me be part of a political race I was interested in and cheer my candidate onto victory. Saying yes helped me successfully bridge a relational gap that spanned almost 20 years and brought sweet forgiveness and reconciliation. I'm going to keep doing that. With the turn of the calendar page, there are a few things I want to say no to. These things just don't work for me anymore. They don't fit my lifestyle. They don't serve me well in the season I'm in. These include saying no to complaining. As I get older, there seems to be a growing list of things for me to complain about. But it doesn't bring me any joy to think about these things, much less give voice to them. And it's exhausting to listen to myself and others complain. Ugh. I'm going to say no to finding fault and assigning blame. I'm tired of keeping score. It really doesn't matter whose fault it is. We have what we have here and now, and I just want to make the best of it. I'm, try I'm tired of trying to rationalize or make excuses for bad behavior, my own or that of others. For myself, I want to do the right thing, whether anyone else does or not, and spend whatever time and energy I have left figuring out how to make life better for myself and others. I want to say no to the idea of letting broken people define me and tell me how I should live my life. The Bible tells me who I am in Christ, and since he made me, he's the only one who gets to define who I am and how I ought to live. And I want to say no to anything that would oppose that. I want to say no to waiting for things to happen and start living in the here and now. I've grieved the passing of several dear friends this year and have gotten into the habit of reading obituaries. 
for one thing, it makes me glad to still be alive. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Each day of life is a gift. For another thing, I inevitably learn something new about someone I thought I knew pretty well. It always amazes me when that happens. And I wonder why I didn't know that or why I never thought to ask about that. Sometimes, when I'm on the funeral home website, I read about the lives of others I didn't know at all. One obituary still haunts me after all these years. I don't remember the woman's name, so I'll call her Aunt Minnie. Aunt Minnie died at the ripe old age of 83, and all her family could say about her is that she had a ton of offspring, who were all mentioned by name, and that she made the best peach pies and loved to wear gaudy costume jewelry. As I finished reading, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. When her season was over, after 83 years on the planet, that's all her family could come up with? It's not that Aunt Minnie's life didn't matter. Every life matters. But hers didn't have a significant and lasting impact on the people who were the closest to her. That thought horrifies me. So I'm going to ask more questions of the Aunt Minnie's in my life. Really get to know them. And I'm going to share more of my stories with them. I hope the result is deeper and more meaningful relationships. And in the end, when I pass, the people who knew and loved me will really know what they've lost. I hope they'll cry their eyes out because they miss me. And that they'll laugh their heads off because I was so stinking funny, if I do say so myself. And they'll remember the way I lived my life. I'd like them to remember that I was thoughtful kind, curious, passionate, honest, generous, and just. Or at least those are the things I choose to carry with me from one season to the next. You're in, you're out. Some things just never go out of style. What I'm inviting you to see more clearly today at the start of this new year is how important it is to take time to look around you to evaluate what you brought to this season of your life and decide if it's worth carrying into the new year. What's working for you? What's not? Who are the people and what are the values and habits that make your life rich, meaningful, and rewarding? Does your calendar reflect that? More importantly, does your character reflect that? Who are you inside? Are you clinging to relationships, attitudes, and behaviors that make you a better person? or that prevent you from being all you hoped you would be, all you were created to be. If you're making changes this year, maybe it helps if you remind yourself that you're not saying goodbye to the old things forever, but just for this season. Then, if after this season you really miss them and want them back in your life, you can pick them up again. Although, I would be willing to bet that if you trade some worn-out old things for some new and better things, you'll wonder why you didn't make the exchanges sooner. I want you, and me, to be able to enter this new calendar year free of the fears, habits, and hang-ups, the things that would hold us back, while still being anchored to all the things that give us security, peace, joy, and hope, and fully equip us to face whatever lies ahead in the season to come. Gretchen Rubin, author of The Happiness Project, said, What you do every day matters more than what you do once in a while. So may we choose to fill our every days with the people and things that matter most. Listeners, you matter to me. Thanks for supporting me through this season. You are one of the things I want to carry with me into the new year. 
Hopefully, you will bring your friends along with you. I'll be introducing you to some of my friends, like Frank Sarabia, on the topic of financial accountability, Carla Galanos on the importance of friendships, I am joy in the topic of being love and being loved, and many more. Join me next week for a whole new season of the Now I See podcast. This is your host, Kit McCarty, on behalf of the team at Now I See, wishing you the happiest, healthiest, most rich, and rewarding new year yet. We're so glad you were able to join us for today's compelling story. You can find out more about our guest today by reading our show notes or visiting our website, nis.media. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Special thanks to the team at Headset Radio for their technical expertise and to Becky Salazar for our bumper music. See you next week.